1: We're back, baby. It's Charity Stripe. It's free throws because they're free. Fisher, DJ, Nicky, Snacks, Kreider, we have a guest today. He's got a new pod, 0-60. to 60. Former NFLer, Colorado Buffalo, Matt McChesney joining the boys. Matt, welcome. How are you? Congrats on a very upgraded season for the Colorado Buffaloes this year.
0: Gentlemen, great to be on the show, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, other than being Texas fans, you guys are you guys kick ass. So you know this <laughs> show should be pretty fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Look, it's I don't want to say it's the Yankees of college football, but it's yeah, more. Re- yeah, we got to win more. I feel like Alabama is the Yankees of college football, like, but we're in the realm of like I could understand why people don't like us, especially for how high our fan base sets expectations for how infrequently we meet them
0: so well, we are as an ex player it's pretty much because it was just such a pain in the ass to beat you all the time like I, I we play we played Texas sorry about that gentlemen we played Texas uh four times when I was in college and, and from 2000 to 2004 and we lost to him in Austin in 01 and then beat him in the big 12 title game. But then after that, I mean, I, we didn't we didn't sniff success for years. I mean, that's why I hate you. It's not because you aren't good. It's because you are good.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, was that was that one of the is that your favorite college football game you ever played beating Texas?
0: No, the sixty two thirty six game the week before was is probably number one. Mm. Um, it, beating Nebraska in Lincoln in 0-4 and ending their bowl streak for the first time in like 58 years. That's probably two. The 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 Big 12 title games most likely three. I mean, if I had to really think about it, I, I played Texas in 0-4. We played them in Folsom, and Vince Young was the quarterback, and we had a great game defensively. But their defense, Derek Johnson and Robert Wright and like the Griffin brothers, they just ate us alive. Insane. Joe Pratt was our quarterback, and they just – it was the year before they won the national title. And Casey Stutter went to school out here, Dave Stutter's son, and Casey's a great UT, you know, Longhorn alum and NFL guy. Yeah. And I hosted Casey on his recruiting trip at CU, and I was like, bro, you got to come here, blah, 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 blah. We thought we had him, and then Texas swooped in and took him. And that game was just, like, playing against my bro the whole time. So he's playing guard, I'm playing three technique, and it was just a dogfight and they they ended up beating the shit out of us but it was like uh it was a it was a weird game because offensively i think we had like five total yards and like seven turnovers or something and yeah. defensively like we scored on defense and then cedric benson the big offensive line and Vince just kind of leaned on us all day and uh yeah I, I really i really don't like texas have fun in the SEC.
1: That you know what? Here's okay. Here we will, and I'll tell you why. And I, I think I want to tailor this into Coach Prime because I saw you had a rant recently, I really loved it. Um, about how successful Colorado can be next year. And I really, Nick and I, and uh, Alex, are other co hosts, and we do a Texas show with Quan Cosby, who I don't think you played against, but he was there after. I know you're talking um, about, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, We think Coach Prime is going to have so much success because of his ability to recruit. And we look at Sark and his ability to recruit and what he's done in the past couple years. He's brought in the amazing offensive lineman. After we lost to Arkansas, what did he do? Instead of getting more weapons, and he's gotten those, and quarterbacks, and he's gotten those. He went out and got the best guards he can get, get the best tackles he can get, get the best defensive lineman he can get. Because the big knock on us is like, hey, you're going to the SEC. You can't keep – you're not beefy up on the line. You're just not. And we weren't. So he's completely changed that, and I liked your rant on Coach Prime because, again, I think next year y'all are going to be very, very competitive in the Big 12, and this is a very stacked Pac-12 uh, conference. I mean, UCLA is a tough game. Obviously, Oregon and USC, the Stanford loss was pretty bad. I'll, I have to say Terrible. that. Terrible. 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 But Terrible. Do, you, <laughs> do you think Coach Prime really should be in consideration for Coach of the Year for, for him bringing a program – back to relevance because you brought up the Nebraska thing and that just hit a chord in me and Nebraska has been left for dead for a decade plus for, for a long time though. Like Matt rules in there now and he did a good job in Baylor for another program that was in trouble. But what coach prime is taking a one win team last year. They've already hit their win total. They could probably go to a bowl game and the excitement and you know, the level of pride that he's reinstilled in Colorado. Like, shouldn't he be a consideration uh, even with some of these coaches who are undefeated?
0: Um, I mean, maybe if, look, if he can figure out a way to, the Stanford loss is crippling, especially being up 29. Yeah. So if if they can figure out a way to beat Oregon State, Washington State, Arizona, I don't think they can go to Salt Lake City and beat Utah. I had Eric Weddle on my show yesterday, he's a great friend of mine. And I just, we were talking about this and I, I, we were in Salt Lake, my son is a, is a 6'3", 260-pound eighth-grader, like really good player in Colorado, and he's already getting recruited by Utah and CU and some other places. And up at 5 a.m. this morning at the gym, I run 6-0 Academy out here in Denver, and all I do is place players all over the country. So we went out to Salt Lake for the Florida <laughs> game to recruits. And watching that atmosphere, I was like, wow, this is – I don't know if we're going to come here and win. They're pretty good. And even though they got hammered by, by Oregon, most do. So – I I, I think that if they can figure out a way, the last time Oregon state came to Boulder, when they were ranked, they lost. And that was to a worse team. And I feel like CU has so much to play for this week because of the fact that they dropped the Stanford game. They're back on national TV at 8 PM. They just lost at Arizona. It's not like they're unbeatable. It's just Oregon state. I know they're good, but I mean, what are we talking about? So, If they can figure out a way to win two of the next four or three, because I think Washington State's beatable too, if they play Colorado football and anyone, I mean anybody, can play offensive line for this team. I I played defense at CU. I played offense in the NFL. There's – the offensive line is – I mean, I'm not trying to be mean, but good God, it is bad, and Mm -hmm. they have got to fix it. And if they don't fix it, Shador's not going to make it another four games. But – If they can figure out how to just simply pass protect like a Division I College Five Power Five football program, or even, God forbid, a professional now that everybody's getting paid with NIL, don't act like a pro. Still, you want to be a college kid, but you want to get paid. It doesn't really fucking work like that. So everybody, if you're getting paid and you're getting broke off, you should absolutely start performing a little bit better. If they can figure out a way to win two of the next three, I think he's the Pac-12 coach of the year, even with an undefeated Washington. Uh, just for what he's brought to the conference and then back the university back to relevance. I mean, I, I hate saying this, but I try and say it every opportunity I get. I was a senior in 2004. We won the Houston Bowl or the not the Houston Bowl, the insight.com Bowl in Houston. We beat UTEP. Yeah, no one gives a shit, but we do because that's the last <laughs> time we won a bowl game. So, like, we haven't won a bowl game since so wow. that day. My fat ass is sitting there holding the trophy. I'm 42 on Monday. That's 20 years ago. Happy birthday, bro. So, thanks, bro. Um, I, I I need that to end. That needs to end bad. Real, 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 real bad. Real, I don't care what bowl game they win. They can win the fucking Jimmy Kimmel Bowl. Just please win a bowl game. So, <laughs> they have to get there first. I thought for sure after they beat Arizona State on the road. The way they played against SC, that they would make a bowl game. Uh, if he makes a bowl, and even if they don't win it, I mean, if he makes a bowl game, he's he could easily win coach of the year in the Pac-12. Yeah, yeah Maybe national bro. I, I don't know. Have you
2: seen him firsthand on his just recruiting tactics? And because I mean, you mentioned that you oh, placed yeah. a lot of kids all, all across the country. I mean, can you? I think we we kind of see from the outside like what yeah. he is, you know, and like that vocal person that he is in the locker room, but like. What is he like when he's coming to a parent's home? What is he like when he's firsthand talking to a kid who's trying to get over to Colorado?
0: Oh, great question. So right when he was hired at his press conference, I was the first meeting. So I went up and met with him and Coach Hart and everybody right after we got done. Like, he walked in in his suit. I was standing there with my Rolodex. Like, okay, I handed him about 50 guys in the state and guys around the country that I work with. because the distance program at 6 year Academy. is pretty deep, too you know we placed over 500 guys in, in 12 years and it's really turned Colorado in my opinion from a flyover state to a you better land here or we'll beat your ass state and uh we you know we've got guys Drake Nugent at Michigan's one of our guys Trey Zo at Texas A&M from Fort Collins Gage Ginther's going to Tennessee from the same school in Fort Collins you know we've got we got dudes and Colorado's full of them so coming here I made it a point you know when they were doing the hiring process, Joel Klatt was immersed with Rick George and Joel's my brother and Jeremy Bloom, we all played together. And we, I'm not saying there was like a hiring committee, but there was a group of players that was, were definitely in Rick's ear. And I remember distinctly saying to Rick George and Joel Klatt and everybody on on a call that we all had, like, please God, go for greatness and not security. Don't go hire, you know, like, Bronco, the, the the dude at BYU Bronco or Brian Harson or some shit go go for greatness just go for broke and see what happens and when Dion's name came up it was just like please God make this happen and then it did and when he walked in the room to do the recruiting meeting it it took about five minutes but it was the most productive five minutes I think I've ever had because for years you would almost have to sell a player to a coach and I hate doing that shit I hate it. I feel like a used car salesman. It drives me crazy because so much of this is based on like their ability to keep their jobs, not their ability to develop talent. And I think look at it and go, well, if I see a kid who you think's a two star, but I look at him and go, that's Chad Muma. He goes to Legend High School. He went to Wyoming and was second in the buckets and just got drafted by Jacksonville to start in games for the AFC leading, you know. Jacksonville Jaguars in the South, and Andrew Weingard's the safety right behind him, who's got a C on his chest, and he played at Ralston Valley up the street, and he was two stars and also went to Wyoming. So I don't really take a lot of salt, and when coaches tell me kids can't play, or like they can't play at a certain school, I look at the kid and go, well, he can be developed into an animal if we just do it right. The beauty of what Coach Prime and his staff has done is they've mixed the ability to bring in the number one tackle in the country who will be in Boulder on Saturday and say to him, we don't have anybody to play here. You start as a freshman early enroll in January. That's your red shirt. Let's go to work. We'll get you out of here in three years. We got Underwood coming in to play quarterback after goes first round and wins a Heisman or Travis Hunter. And, you know, we need you next year. And, you know, this is we got Talent Chandler coming in, and Wells is a really good player, and they're going to fortify the offensive line. And it, when you can bring in the national recruit four five-star kids – that are going to Texas or going to Alabama yeah. or going to, you know, Florida State. And now you can mix that with the getting the best players in Colorado. And even if they don't, the beauty of this is, okay, the SC game. We go up on a recruiting trip. They invite my son, uh, Nicholas McChesney. He's on Twitter at M 6013 if, if anybody wants to follow him. Wow! But he, he'll be going into high school next year. It's, it's pretty awesome, man. Oh, I, I couldn't be more proud. He was up at five a.m. this morning lifting and getting it on. So he's on the right track. Wait, how big um, is he again? Um, Sorry, to,
1: before you get back to coach
0: time. Nick, it right? I, I haven't measured him, but when we went to the physical for his eighth grade year four months ago, he was like six two, six two and a quarter, probably two fifty, and. He looks me, I'm 6'5", 3'30 still, and he wears my clothes, my shoes, he steals all my shit. Like I can't keep a coat in the house. He stole my cowboy boots the other day. The fuck! Like it's it's on in my house. So and he's, <laughs> he he eats like he has two assholes and he lifts and he loves it. And <laughs> and it's, it's on, so
1: <laughs> Nick so, Nick, we gotta we gotta steal that. Nick and I are two of the bigger eaters in our friend group. Nick, we got. Yeah, I don't know if bro, we can compete with your son. We gotta take yeah. that
0: though. let's go. So he we go up to the SC game and. The the CSU game, I didn't really pay attention. It's the Rocky Mountain Showdown. I really hated those guys. We had a lot of kids there, but it was just such a crazy ebb and flow. I wasn't really doing business. When I got there for SC, I was standing, standing there with Matt Leiner and his sons on the recruiting list. And then it's a big time. It's like big noon game, and it was way bigger than the CSU game, even though the – I think CSU got more viewers, but – I'm sitting there looking at the list and usually in all the years I've been sending players in the Durrell era and the Mel Tucker year and boy, that boy, we dodged a bullet with that guy. And then, you know, even before that with coach Mack and the one good, great year in 2016, where they finished in the top 10 and won the South. Every time you send a kid up there, like very rarely do we get four stars. Very rarely do we get five stars in Colorado. Like Christian McCaffrey's a five star, find another one. So it, Usually, they're like high three-star kids that go D1, Power 5 around here. And when you send them up there, they're usually at the top of the list. And we went to the USC game, and every guy I sent, we sent 15 kids, and like the majority of them are either commits or Power 5 offers already, or about to be. And they're all at the bottom or not even on the list. So I know that's a long story to get to a short answer. He walked in and said... I've, I am here to turn this place into a national title contender. We're going to recruit the best and develop the best. My staff's going to be the best. And I was like, mm. I'm fucking sold. What do you need from me? And I've been trying to help him ever since. And I'm really hard on my alma mater because, damn it, the, the pride and tradition of the Colorado Buffaloes will not be entrusted to the motherfucking timid of the week. And for 20 years, we've been getting walked on in a conference that's not our home. And now we're going home, and with Texas and Oklahoma want to leave, cool. I think we can walk into the Big Twelve and start shit-stomping people. To be completely honest with you, let Prime go to Texas and start recruiting and see what happens.
2: Yeah, yeah. no doubt. I mean, I think a lot of people also wonder too if it all goes according to plan, and you do get to be a national contender, and you know, four years down the road, he's turned this program completely around. Dude. Is he there to? Is he there to stay? No. Or He's gone.
0: He's, yeah. Well, okay. I don't think he goes to another job. I think that my man, Coach Prime, has blood clot issues. My mother deals with this. He's always in the doctor's office. Like, Shiloh is always making fun of him because he's the fastest man with eight toes in the world. And I I personally think, I know everybody looks at Coach Prime and they see 22-year-old Coach Prime, but the man's in his 60s. So, I think, personally, and with no inside knowledge, just at an outsider's view, but being very interwoven into the community, obviously, and being there all the time. I think that next year, if they can fortify the offensive line and find a three technique, please, God, find a three technique. That's the position I played there, and it's I hate watching us play the position. It makes me angry. Um, I think that they can be a 12-team playoff contender in the Big 12. I really do. And especially with Hunter and Shador and an off season and everybody coming back. Now, after that, I think he will see one or two recruiting classes into this because, regardless of how much of a businessman Coach Prime is, it is about the opportunity. And when he says Rick George gave me this opportunity and no one else did, it, like how? No offense to Auburn, and I'm sure they'll make it with, like a, a crap bowl. And Hugh Freeze is a nice guy and all that other shit, but. How dumb are they? Like, we're, we're not going to let you do social media? Okay, idiots. Like, you, you could have had at Auburn? Like, or thank cakes. you for being for being stupid old whites, dummies. So, Boulder embraced this, and Rick George embraced it, and Coach Prime is a, regardless of being a businessman, he's a loyal-ass dude. And yeah, I, I, I know this because some of his best friends are his rivals. Also his teammates, if everybody notices, there's Miami dudes all over the campus. He played a four state dude, like, but they all played together in the league. So there's this like rivalry and camaraderie that comes together. He's an ex pro and all of us, like I'm, I'm an, I'm a. Undrafted guy that had to play both ways in the NFL for seven years just to get my pension. And I got hurt a lot and I was nobody but he knew who I played for and like talked about coaches that I played for. Like he did research on me before we met for eight minutes. So he seems to me with all the, all the interactions, even after, and this is a true story. I've got the DM to prove it. And the fact that I even have to say that is ridiculous. And we're only in the fucking Twitter sphere, but I was really hard on them in the UCLA game. I put up a a post about offensive line play about, like radar looks and Terry tally looks and ways to pick it up, which I think is really, really, really easy. And I was really hard on them and it blew the fuck up, like 400,000 views on Twitter and Damn. God knows how many people commenting and so on and so forth. I'll send it to you guys when we get done if you want to see Yeah, please. It. And right after the game, I'm talking like 45 minutes on the bus eating Popeye's biscuits because those fucking meals after the game, oh, I want one oh, yeah. so bad right now. But eating a Popeye's biscuit with a little honey on a guaranteed. <laughs> he, he DMs me and goes, thank you for your honesty, brother. I'm sick of this. We got to get it fixed and we will appreciate you. Like, that." he doesn't have to do that shit. And he, that's the kind of man he is. Like, he, most people would get offended. And I even wrote on the post, like, I hope I don't get blackballed. But I can't sit back and just be mute. But because there's one consistent with the University of Colorado, and I am in no way, t- shape, or form taking a shot at that, at Dion or any any uh, any of the the happenings that's going on up there right now. But one day it will end. He will not be the head coach there for 15 years. Yeah, like let's be real, right? Everybody agrees with that, right? Mm-hmm. The one consistent since six zero opened in 2011 is that I've been there through every coach that's been there since 2011. So when Dion does move on, the next guy that comes in, I will help him as much as I'm trying to help Coach Prime because that's what we do here. So, I, you know, again, talking a lot, but there's a lot of information to get out here. So it's a time. I, per- I personally think that he's just, on top of being maybe the best football player in the history of football players, and you might be, it might, and you could say maybe, the best athlete that's ever been like if Bo Jackson's considered the best athlete ever, how is prime not in that conversation? He did the For same sure. exact goddamn thing at a higher level. Um, I, I mean, on top of all that, just being the, you know, the, the downhole, I, I think that coach prime has college football right where he wants them because now they're going through adversity. They're four and four. They started three and zero. my senior year at CU in 04, we were three and O went into conference play by the end of, by the time November hit, we were one and four in conference. We'd just gotten our ass beat by Texas at home on, on the, on uh, Halloween. And we're sitting there looking at each other going, Hey, we're four and four. What are we going to do? And everybody's calling for Barnett's head. And this is all this and that, and that was the whole scandal year. And we won three in a row and played in the big 12 title game and ended up winning a bowl game. So they've got a way better team up there right now than when I played no four. So I, I absolutely think that they can go on a run, make a bowl game, and he can kind of look at everybody at the end of this when he's sitting on stage at the national title or the, the final four games and see you back there in that complex. And he's like, okay, yeah, we're, we just won seven games first year. You finished seven and four, or whatever. Where are you taking it from here? And the stratosphere is the answer.
1: Yeah, I think that Nick and I and, and on our shows have discussed going back to Nick's you know question, like when he comes into a room, how many players does he come into the room and that's their dad's favorite player, you know what I'm saying? Like he comes into the room, that's their favorite player. And the energy that you're talking about that he brings into a professional setting, the accountability he has. Because he could easily – look what Dabo Sweeney just did. And Dabo's got the most – arguably one of the most secure jobs. And I think he'll go to Bama eventually. But he's got arguably one of the most secure jobs in all of college football, in all of sports. And he's clapping back at people. And And Coach Prime could have easily done that to you and been like, hey, you're out of line. We have a relationship. I thought you were better than that, quote unquote, like in his mind. And you know, you shouldn't be commenting if you're trying to send players here. But no, he's he's a real dude. He takes accountability. He notices what you notice. Yes. It'd be crazy it'd be crazy for him to be like, No, our offensive line is great. When everyone's seeing, like we see if you could go to that Oregon game, you know, we're all there at the bar watching. Sanders had no time to throw. He was swallowed the entire game. Getting, getting killed the entire
0: game. Uh, the look, this Colorado offensive line is the worst unit in the country. <laughs> and it's and and look, I'm not the only one that thinks that. And just because I played there and I did not play offensive line there, born offensive lineman, okay, that's what you are. You're a born offensive line. I played defensive line my whole life. I played in the NFL for two years before they moved me. And I've got a totally different perspective on how to do this. And all I do is develop and I work with a bunch of the guys that are up there, but I don't work with them during the season. Coach O'Boyle is an incredibly good offensive line coach. it it, there's a there's something missing and and i it might be coach lewis's system it might be it 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 might like for example if you're going to run play action looks out of shotgun well you have to be able to run the ball out of shotgun and they can't run the ball out of eye formation because they don't have it so why are you even running a play action fake that just wastes more time that you don't have and then your offensive line is being told it's play action be aggressive and they don't know how to shelve shoulders and like play together and they don't know where they're going and they don't know the calls. So you're asking them to run a college system. That's, you know, like, this is another question for another day, but why can't they have a microphone in their helmet? And then all of this stupid sign stealing shit is just not a conversation anymore. Right. Fucking college football and the NCAA, a bunch of assholes. But it It, it, <laughs> it is really? true. And you guys know it is. Oh, yeah. It,
1: they're hanging on to whatever ass they, they can. Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, 100%. he stole a jerk-off sign. But, oh, my God. You still have to play and stop it. It's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. 100%. But it, it's when you're asking people to do things that they can't do or they haven't been trained to do or you don't know how to coach it or whatever's going on, this is what you get. So the fact that Coach Prime and his coaches also – are so open to outside criticism and things of that nature. If you know what you're talking about, look, if you're just some scrub that's talking shit, he'll light your ass up. He'll block you. Like if Jason Whitlock started talking shit. He blocked the hell out of him. He doesn't want to hear that. But if he has respect for you and he knows that you are know, know what you're talking about, he's yeah. going to listen. I guarantee you, he walked back into the meeting room and he's like, explain to me Terry and Tally and 5.0 and Radar. Because he heard it. And then responded to me about it. So when you're that guy and he's him, and let's be real, that's the Muhammad Ali of football. When you're that guy and you take the you Good take job. the time to respond to nobody, which is me, then that that says a lot about your character as a man and a coach and like right. the way he's gonna develop his kids. And I just said coach Nick Williams, the D line coach, DN D line coaches. Call me right now to talk about one of our kids, Jordan Ochoa, who a big defensive end from Castleview down here in Castle Rock. And i am push him for CU to offer him. He, he was committed to Wyoming. He committed early, and he's better than than Wyoming. And they're mad about losing him. But, again, this is what I'm talking about. When you send Mooma to Wyoming and, you, you know, and he goes in the third round, they start listening when I say, hey, I got another one that's going to Wyoming that's better than Wyoming. No offense, Coach Bull. But – this Wyoming, is like, Wyoming's
1: solid. We played them this year. They're Wyoming is
0: awesome, dog. All they do is put out pros, but you go to Wyoming because they're your best group of five offer. You don't, if you have Colorado, you are oh, you go going to Colorado. to Colorado? No, you're, you're right. going to, go to Colorado.
2: Yeah. Switching Colorado. gears really quickly, though. I mean, talking about another head coach, a guy that. Was actually your head coach in the NFL? Josh McDaniels just gets fired by the Raiders. Are they just the worst run organization in the NFL, or or is, or is Josh in sports, or is or is Josh McDaniels actually a bad coach?
0: Uh, both, I think. What well, I don't know if they're the worst run. They were. I mean, Al Davis at the end of his career when the Crip Keeper that was awful, but. I think Mark Davis tries. I mean, he's done all he can do. He's moved them to to Vegas. That's a great move. They'll never leave there. The I don't know if you guys have been to that place, but I, I went to the the first game after COVID when they let us in the Monday night game against Baltimore out there with my buddies, and it was incredible. Oh my god, dude, it was yeah. incredible. Like there might, well stripper, right. there might right. as well be stripper there might as well be stripper poles in the goddamn place. So, yeah,
2: they got the Super Bowl there this year.
0: Bro, it's crazy. I'm like, I'm going to go to the Super Bowl this year. Hopefully, we're going to do our show out there. But I know that Coach JB is going to be doing his. And we're all going to go and be involved with that. It's So it's an incredible venue. And the Raiders are the perfect team for Vegas. Yeah, You know, they've got some really great players. I think that Max Crosby is the best defensive player in football. I love watching him. I think he's the Baba Yaga. F- I, I don't care what you guys say. That motherfucker is. Oh, no, he's sick. He's I gross.
1: I said be, yesterday, I was like, if I was Devontae Adams and Josh Jacobs and Max Crosby yesterday afternoon, I would have been so pissed. Yes!
0: So, like, so, look, playing for Josh McDaniels was – I didn't mind it because he was an equal opportunity coach. Like as a guy who was undrafted to change positions, if you could play, he would just give you an opportunity, which I dug. But the way he treated dudes, especially the big timers, like Brandon Marshall's my homeboy. Like he's, I think he should be a hall of famer. I love him. I I know he had some issues, but he's such an unbelievable man. And like the way he finished his career and the mentor he is now to all these receivers and, He's just another one of those guys that's just one of the guys, even though he's him. And I, I, our lockers are right next to each other. And one day I'm talking to my homeboy, and the next day he's just gone. And it's like, what? You're trading Brandon Marshall, you fucking idiot. Like, getting rid of Jay Cutler. I know he was a drunk and an idiot, but he's better than snorting Kyle fucking Orton. So, like, come on, dog. Like, it, it was so ridiculous. And then the guys he brought in from New England, With the exception of Lonnie Paxton, who is a long snapper, okay? (laughs) With the exception of him, all of them were awful signings, like just guys that were like cast off from New England that he just brought in. That sounds eerily similar to what he just did. Yeah, it's exactly what the fuck he did in Vegas. He walked in, got rid of the quarterback. If Devontae, I can't believe they didn't trade Devontae Adams.
1: It's insanity.
0: just please, what he's gonna, you're going to trade him in the offseason anyway or he's going to fucking get out of – he's getting out of Vegas. You know he is. Like, I think Matt Crosby will be a guy they build around there. But, look, McDaniels does this to himself. You can't treat people the way he does and expect anybody to have your back ever. And he's just a – I don't usually say this. Like, I, I had Mike Mazur as my offensive line coach with the Dolphins, and he used to say things to me like, you couldn't hit a sick whore off of a piss pot with this past set. What the fuck is this? We'll yeah. cut you, send you to work at Applebee's, and I—that didn't bother <laughs> me. But, and I like like Coach. He's a good dude.
1: Yeah.
0: I the way that Josh McDaniels talks to the guys, the way that he interacts with them, the way that like I watched him disrespect a guy he played high school football with that was on our team. Like he played with Kenny Peterson in college or in high school, and then he was the head coach when Kenny was our three technique. And the way he treated Kenny and, like, talked to him, it's just, if Josh was a normal dude, if he was Paul McDaniels and he worked at, like, Sizzler, because that's where he'd fucking work, and he said some shit like that to you in the street, he would get fucked up and he'd have no teeth. Like, So it's not surprising to me this is happening, and I'll say this, I would not be surprised if he's the head coach in New England one day, because he's going to go back home to daddy. And stick his thumb in his mouth and be like, can I have a job? And he's going to, of course, you can have a job. And then when Bill fucking leaves, Kraft is going to be like, yeah, why not, McDaniels? And he'll get a third opportunity. Three. He's going to get three opportunities in the NFL to be a head coach. What? That's insane. fucking crazy. He's terrible.
2: It's, it's yeah. Insane. I mean, some people are literally just born to be coordinators. And he might be that type of guy. No, he, he is that Tom type Brady. of guy. Time out. Come
0: on, Doug. Everybody that was the coordinator for Tom Brady was awesome. Bill, Bill fucking, what's his name? Old Chin. Brian. O'Brien, O'Brien. O'Brien. He yeah. sucks.
1: And he got <laughs> multiple jobs. He did. I mean, look, the, the thing is, is like they fired Rich Bisaccia a couple years ago after great Gruden coach. gets great coach. This is why the organization sucks. Yes. It has nothing to do with McDaniel's. This is this is tooth and nail why they suck. Gruden gets fired. Rich Basaccia comes in. The organization is a fucking mess. I'm almost. I'm almost positive. Am I wrong, Nick? Is that the Rugs year two? Rugs and yeah. Gruden same year. Pasaccia yep. comes in. They make the playoffs.
0: playoffs. And remember the game, too, the Cincinnati game, they lose by one score, and that one score was the whistle-blow touchdown. Remember that? Yes, yes. Where they blew the whistle, and the defender was like, the play's over. And then they caught the touchdown, they're like, it's a touchdown. Like, you just blew the fucking whistle. Yeah. (laughs) So, like, I think they have a good core to build around. I like the kid. They drafted from Texas Tech. Obviously, I think Max Crosby is – you get rid of him, send him to Denver. Please, God. Um, but other than that, every other piece, with the, maybe the exception of Colton Miller, big left tackle, I would keep Josh Jacobs around because he's just a bad motherfucker. I try to keep Devontae, obviously, but he's gone. He's gone. I bet you he's a kid. I, I I think that they've got maybe four guys on that roster they can really build around. Everybody else will probably be turned over. The can draft. Well, I, they'll they'll be if they allow either Harbaugh or Lincoln Riley, whoever they hire, because I, I would guess one of those two guys would be the next coach for the Raiders. Unless Antonio Pierce goes on a run and they make the playoffs and then Mark Davis like does something that no one's ever done, which is give him a job, <laughs> which I'd be with. I know AP is a great coach. I don't know if he's a head coach. We'll find out. Um, but I think either Lincoln Riley or John, Har- John Harbaugh, Jim Harbaugh, are the is the next coach for the raiders and then if that's the deal you have to give them autonomy and control like you can't expect harbaugh to come into the raiders and listen to davis no way dude. sit in your box and shut the fuck up and sign checks and let me do my job
2: yeah he's not leaving michigan to take orders from, from an owner
0: it could exactly. totally be a peak Carroll Can you imagine taking an order from that guy with that no, fucking haircut? It's the worst thing. Like, I never understood. I mean. If like, you're a you billionaire, how- and I'd be like, "You need to take. You need to take it seriously. Look at yourself."
2: I could never understand how a billionaire has that kind of haircut. It's the worst haircut you, on the planet. Have you, you know, any hair you, his, you want.
0: His hand smells like tuna all the time. Bet.
1: Yeah. <laughs> like that. I like tuna fish, but the. Uh- <laughs> the <laughs> I don't have that haircut yeah I mean yeah, Vegas, I, so. <laughs> I could see I could see Harbaugh coming in you know in a Pete Carroll type situation where Pete wasn't like fired from USC but like the whole scandals and all that he left and went yeah. to Seattle and I could see Harbaugh doing that with the sign stealing thing that's not going away and it's not getting any better for Michigan and they haven't given a punishment yet and you're seeing it across the media we're all waiting for something to for the shoot to fall so I could see that happening I, I hope could they see
0: I got yeah, it. He I, I, I do like Wins and He's just like, fuck you and leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the, so, okay. So a couple more for you. The Lincoln bit I think is very interesting and something we've discussed. If Caleb somehow goes to the Raiders, I could definitely see him jumping ship and, you know, reuniting with Caleb Williams in Vegas. So two-parter for you on the topic of the Natty and on the topic of Caleb Williams. Is it crazy that Caleb Williams wouldn't be the first overall pick? And based off the national – based off their first college football rankings where Georgia's number two, do you agree that they should be two and do you agree that they shouldn't have – that la- last two seasons shouldn't factor in basically. Like they shouldn't be grandfathered in it because they've gone back to back. That's a big debate we've been having is, is like should only this season count for Georgia and is Caleb Williams a bona fide? No questions asked, number one because over the past couple weeks he hasn't looked like it.
0: Uh, He's not the bona fide unquestioned number one. He's probably going to go number one. But to say he's unquestioned as the number one, like they even had questions about Peyton Manning and shit. Like there was debates of people saying Ryan Leaf should go about Peyton Manning. So that's not going to sit here and say we can't question this dude. I got questions. Like every time you play a good team, you get fucked up. Those are my questions. And that goes for Drake May too. I mean, but I don't think Drake May has the same kind of players he has. Although getting that receiver back sure did look explosive to me. So I think those are the top two quarterbacks. But again, I'm so worn out by the NFL and the way they do this and Mel, the Viper Kuiper, and Todd McFuckishay and all these guys who just stroke the top three quarterbacks every year. And then some second or third round kid becomes fucking $150 million quarterback and plays for 12 years. So I think that, I think the kid at Notre Dame, I mean, if you if you wear a bone around your own fucking neck that's your own rib bone and you have a Dan Fouts beard, like, he looks like a pretty fucking good player to me. Like, I think that DJ Alphabet or Warren State could be a good pro. I think that there's a lot of really good players that not fit. And then also, if you're Caleb Williams, I know you might get Lincoln Riley or Harbaugh, but you're going to the Raiders, dog. Like... This franchise fucks everything up. They'll fuck you up too. You already paint your nails. You're gonna go to Vegas. That's not good. So Drake May, they go. If, if Drake May goes to Arizona, if Caleb Williams goes to Arizona, you're you're fucked. All they do is draft quarterbacks number one. So I think so much of this is fit. If I'm Caleb Williams, I'm going back to SC. And if Lincoln rightly leaves, then he leaves. And I'm gonna try and develop the skill set in order to be successful wherever you go, because I've seen a lot of really, really, really talented college quarterbacks that can run and do all this cool shit. And then they get to the league and everyone's bigger than you and everyone's as fast. And you're, you you might be able to get a couple Kyler Murray cool plays off every now and then, but if you can't stand in the pocket and deliver, we're going to eventually the defensive line is going to fuck you up. So, mm-hmm. I, I think that if I had the number one pick, I would take Drake May over Caleb Williams just because I I want to run a system that doesn't involve... That doesn't involve the, like... move. I, I want to move the pocket, but I also... I'm going to run the ball like 70% of the time. So I kind of want somebody that's just going to stand tall and throw the ball where I want it, when I want it. Caleb Williams is going to do that.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I I think... For me he was uh, can you all hear me? I'm hearing some yeah.
0: feedback. No idea why that happened. Keep going.
1: Um <laughs> I was saying, yeah, I, I mean I cover you I cover USC, so what the fuck? Sorry, we're we'll we can always that's why it's a pod. We always edit it after. Hold on. I'm gonna that's mute the you and work. unmute you. You got me now.
0: Yep. Cool. Now, like right now. Yeah. You-
1: yeah. Oh. Uh, no, I said now. I, I think it's just. Uh, I think it's just a little crack. <laughs> uh. Yeah. I think I. You know, covering USC and I see him every weekend. He's a gamer. The players love him, and he goes out and he gives it his all. And you know, he really does make some dazzling plays that'll draw the Mahomes comp. That'll draw the comps that you want from like Josh Allen, or so to speak. But he does have games where he disappears and he has and it's not even against the best opponents. Like he disappeared against the Arizona State. Like and that's like n- they're not a great team by any stretch of the imagination. So I it's crazy to think, but you know, Maserati, you know, Harrison Jr. can go first overall, like and a wide receiver. Like he's nice. Joe Alto the left tackle for Notre Dame has been amazing. You know, the left stretch. tackle Penn State, they've been amazing. And if you're trying to build a franchise, if you're picking first overall, by and large, you need more than a quarterback. If you're picking in the top five, by and large, you need more than a quarterback. So these teams like the Giants, these teams like who I think can still use a quarterback, these teams like the Cardinals, the Bears, yeah, like taking a tackle, yeah, having two picks, like, like I know they just took the kid from Tennessee, so they're probably not going to do this. But they, if they hadn't done that this past year, like they could have taken both tackles and put one at left, put one at right, and called it a day.
0: Well, I, if I'm Chicago, I'm trading Justin Fields for whatever I can get for him immediately on draft day, and rolling with this D two kid or drafting a quarterback high and just trying to consolidate as much as possible. I'm getting the best offensive lineman only possible. Even if I did draft the kid last year, who cares? I'm I'm following the Eagles' way of doing things, bro. Like. If I, I'm if I'm a GM, I am drafting as many offensive and defensive linemen at the top of the draft as I can get my hands on every single fucking year. And I'll go get my quarterback in the second, like they did. Because when they Johnson. drafted Carson Wentz third, he was good for until he blew his knee out. And you know, like that's my point is I would rather get a really good quarterback, not necessarily a really good athlete. And that goes for Tim Tebow, too. I'm not just trying to be an, a, a white dude saying that. Like, I played with Tim in, in Denver, and he was a great athlete. He couldn't play fucking quarterback to save his goddamn life, period. So he could do it in college. But, again, like, I, I want a a pro quarterback that's going to do it. If I'm drafting him at one, two, or three, Bro, he better do it for me for fifteen years. That's some. That's some first wife, wife shit. If you draft a quarterback in the first round, that better be some first wife shit. Like at least ten to twelve years before you, you know, move on.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I'm completely with you. I mean, Jerry Jones, say what you will about him loving his players and hanging on to guys. Too he drafts long. so well. He dra- he kills the offensive line draft. Every year, every offensive yeah. lineman he takes in the first round is a home run. Home run, run, not even well, like a double. How long
0: ago did they did they fucking draft Martin and Tyron Smith?
1: Tyron Smith is in I think 11 and then Martin's like 6 7 years ago. 8 years ago. The kid, and, the kid- and they're
0: both they're both full first ballot Hall of Fame players.
1: Okay, the, Trey Smith, the kid they just took from Tulsa, who everyone – who the, you're talking about, the Mel Kuypers and the Todd McShays is like, oh, saying it's a reach. Trey Smith has come in at guard. And he's been an absolute pro player. Baller. Ballers. He's been an Ballers. absolute baller, yeah. Um, well, remember,
0: that Brock Purdy couldn't play either, and he went Mr. Irrelevant. So, look, every well, he, time the Viper talks, I'm like, ah, fuck.
1: Uh, last couple for you. Uh, do you think who your final four, you, your prediction for the national, uh, championship playoff, like who do you think the final four teams are going to be, uh, come December 31st and yeah, we'll go with, we'll start with that one.
0: Yeah. I talked about this today on my podcast on zero to 60 for a while, and I'll be posting some videos on it on, on at six zero Academy and obviously at zero to 60 on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, all that shit. You can go follow both those handles. Um, I I personally I want to see undefeated Michigan number one uh, Drake Nugent their center is one of my players and I've also got three other guys that are there but Drake is the best center in America and I'm partial to Michigan this year and they're they're really good so mm-hmm. I, I but I do think Ohio State's going to give them a run but I don't I don't think Ohio State can go to Ann Arbor this year and win agreed. And then that knocks Ohio State out, put them in the Fiesta Bowl against Air Force and have fun playing the option. Um, so Michigan, number number one or number two, I think Georgia should be number one. I mean, I understand that it's, it's like, yeah, they've won back to back and it's not supposed to be an award for year by year and like what they've done before, but they are defending back-to-back national champions and like they the had it in years and like mm-hmm. just to think that the they don't need a great quarterback at georgia they're surround There's just fucking nfl first round draft picks everywhere and nobody's paying attention to them right now and that's not smart they just put mm-hmm. it on florida they're gonna win the sec alabama can't alabama's good but alabama will lose by two touchdowns to that georgia team kirby smarts caught him so i think it'll be michigan georgia one or two either way and then undefeated florida undefeated florida state and partial to them too because casey Rox one of my guys the left guard and then undefeated washington, <laughs> and, and, and this is a trend and then undefeated washington and Ro- roger Rosengarden, their right tackle is one of my guys and zach kenning from grandview is one of my guys so it's not surprising that there's dungeon family six zero guys all over the place that are probably all going to be starting in the fucking playoffs, so i would love to see michigan against washington undefeated georgia against florida state undefeated or the other matchups like michigan florida state georgia washington i don't think that you can go wrong with either any of those although dan Lanning's my guy and i have known mm-hmm. dan forever and he's a great friend of mine and oregon is like they walked into salt lake city a place that i have so much respect for utah is that shit and they fucked utah up bad yeah and they beat the shit out of cu and they're gonna shit stomp everybody else they play and that washington oregon game is going to be like four versus five or two versus three and whoever wins that game is getting in period so I, the pack 12 is the best conference of football this year and it's about to go bye-bye
1: They're they're pathetic, dude. You started off saying, oh, we're primetime Oregon State, Colorado, and that game's at 8 p.m. No one's fucking watching. No one's, I'm sorry. And then that's Pacific. No one's watching that on the East Coast. That's that's
0: why the conference is going away because they're horrible. The play is, the quarterback plays unbelievable. There's defensive guys everywhere. There's pass rushers. The offensive line plays great. Like, I think if CU was in the Big 12 this year, I think they might win nine games. If they were in the Big 10, if they were in the Big 10 West, they would represent the Big Ten West. The Big Ten West is the worst division I've ever fucking seen in the history of divisions. So the Pac-12 is the most—it's the most mismanaged shit I've ever seen in my life. How 100%. can you have these many good teams and all this power and you lose everyone? Like, you, shame on you, Pac-12. I hate the conference, but fuck.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've seen we've seen whorehouses in Julius. Bumblefuck Texas run better than this. It's true. <laughs> I mean, oh, look, this show, a hundred percent. I mean, Nick, how long have we been? How long have we been saying pretty much since the inception? Long time Long time, uh, <laughs> long time. Bumblefuck is you, a great
0: town too. I love Bumble their fuck, hey, hey, Bumble Bumble, fuck high school.
1: Bumblefuck, Bumble you know, you're you in for a good time. The we've been saying since the inception of our show that the Pac-12 is the biggest joke. It's such a joke. It's a joke, uh,
0: dog. Eight yeah. PM. So I so we went to the CSU game, right? Yeah. As recruits, and like after the game was pretty cool. Because, like, Offset's in the fucking locker room, like, performing and shit. And, like, my kid catches at T-shirt. I'm sitting there, like, he's catching T-shirts. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on right now? It was, it was a very surreal moment. But we didn't get home until five, five in the fucking morning. And, like, there was no, like, we were not in Vegas. It was not fun. We were just at a football game. Five in the morning? Holy nut. I had to carry both my kids in the house and just drop them. And, like, so... 8 p.m. kickoffs are fucking crazy. Dude. Criminal, it's, it's criminal. So nuts, it's
2: criminal. I mean, yeah, would I... you rather have that though? Would you have the early kickoff that Texas always gets? When oh, early... Well, I got
0: to play at 11 a.m. every day. Absolutely, like, dude, I, I, I g- wake up at four in the morning every day. I don't give a fuck about the early mornings. Let's go.
1: I do. i covering the USC. The USC kicks at 7:30 games. I'm not home until. Go to the press conference i'm not home until 11 30.
0: like I, I wanted to go like, so bad this weekend to ann arbor because the, the starting center for purdue is austin johnson who's one of my guys mm-hmm. um, ryan Walters, their coach i played with at cu he's one of my best friends and i'm pulling i like I, I wanted purdue to win so bad last week in lincoln and they got ran and you know like michigan's really good austin and drake the two centers for both teams played together in high school played next to each other I wanted to go to the game so bad, but guess what time it's at? 7.30 at night. Yeah, no. 7.30 at night? Like, we're I, that means I have to leave, like, Sunday at 5 p.m. and shit, dog. Like, it's just it's too inconvenient, but at least it's on TV.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, last one for you, and then we'll let you rock and roll, man. We ask everybody this. Could be playing, watching, anything all time. Could be you with your kid. Favorite sports memory ever.
0: Oh, man. Okay. Favorite sports memory ever is Broncos beating the Packers in the Super Bowl when I was in high school. Because I my whole life, all I heard from everyone was John Elway would never won anything. And then when I was a junior in high school, they won it, and the parade was nuts. And it, that's the moment where I was like, yep, this is what I want to do. This is really what I want to do. So watching them win their first Super Bowl was crazy as a player, Um. I mean I don't, I don't know the, there's so many awesome moments it was all just so incredible I, it just keeps going too like football's my life so the book's not the book is far from over so we just keep rolling baby Good uh, good
1: good answer I like I always like you you're probably the second person to give like some kind of future answer like that. The other guy was the Savannah bananas owner. So that's the kind oh, of, man. that's the kind of wavelength you're on, which is good. I think if entrepreneurs, you're in baby. <laughs> entrepreneurs, exactly. Uh, great having you on man. Absolute pleasure talking ball. And thank you for all the, seriously, thank you for all the knowledge for Colorado football. It's something we've been discussing on our show the whole year. Um, we'll get you back on Fisher, DJ, Nikki, snacks, Kreider, go check him out. Mac McChesney, go check out his son, Who's balling out too. We heard the plug Ballers. there. Uh zero zero uh six sorry. What is the zero Academy?
0: sixty podcast and then sixty, zero 60 podcast the Yeah six zero equipment is the equipment company where nice. blocking shields and then uh you know obviously all the all the other social media handles, it's all all that bullshit. So
1: beautiful, brother. Thank you for joining us. We'll see yeah, you man. next time. We'll run it back, baby.
0: Peace. And now This is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick.